Hello, and welcome to This Could Get Nerdy. I am Jeff. And I'm Thrill. This week's topic is actually taking us back oh, about a week to one of the biggest episodes in Game of Thrones, uh, Season 8, Episode 3, entitled The Long Night. Wait, so we're not talking about 90 Day Fiancé? Uh, not not this time, no. Maybe in a separate podcast. Okay, cool. <laughs> uh, before, before we get down to it, a big thank you to everyone, and we mean our friends, family, and basically whoever we forced to do it, for tuning in to our very first episode of the podcast. It was great to hear all of the love and support we got, and our friends at Modern Inc. said they actually played us at the shop while people were getting tattoos. Yay! And that's pretty cool, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so shout out to them if they play this too, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, pretty cool. Thanks, guys. Uh, just a quick mention before we get started. Peter Mayhew, who played Chewie in the Star Wars series, passed away on May 2nd at the age of 74. Our thoughts go out to his family, friends, the Star Wars cast, and our fellow Star Wars fans. May the Force be with you, Peter. And now, just switching over to this past weekend, we went to Gotham Central, which is a comic book store here in Mississauga, for the annual Free Comic Book Day. Uh, for those who don't know what Free Comic Book Day, uh, this is an expert uh, excerpt directly taken from their website. It's an annual event founded on the belief that every person out there, there's a comic book that they'll love. Or for every person out there, there's a comic they'll love. Every year on the first Saturday in May, the industry comes together, together to give away free comics and encourage fans, both old and new, to flock to the best place in the comic book community, local comic shops. These are the hubs of our community where fans can come together and discover new comics, make lifelong friends, and find a sense of commonality. Now, at uh, Gotham, we were able to pick up a couple titles. Jeff, uh, what did you pick up today or that week? Uh, yeah, I picked up a couple of things. Uh, one of the big things I was looking for was the uh, Spider-Man issue that they had because um, it kind of had a uh, it had a tie-in into the upcoming uh, summer event called uh, Absolute Carnage. Oh, cool! Uh, so I picked up that one. Um, I also picked up uh, Spawn Number One. Uh, it was a reprint, basically, of the first issue, but it had a nice new uh, Matina cover, which I liked. <laughs> oh yeah! Did you pick up anything else? Um, I picked up uh, a couple of random things as uh, the Dark Age. Um, I picked up that random, I guess, Catwoman um, book. Um, I picked up Punchline. Um, what did you pick up? Well, I picked up um, the Spider-Man issue and the Spawn as well, but I think those are actually mostly for you. Yeah, you picked those up for me. I told you to pick those <laughs> up. Yes. And thank you for picking them up. Oh, thanks. Um, I picked up uh, Riverdale, which was, which is a tie-in to the current season three. I haven't gone around to read it yet, but um, I do like the Archie comics, which is why I'm always kind of a sucker for anything Archie-related. So if there's ever an Archie comic it, at Free Comic Book Day, I'm most likely going to pick that one up. The, another one was also Stranger Things. Uh, so I think this might tie in with what is upcoming in season three we don't know yet and um bob's burgers which is Obviously. an amazing show that everyone needs to watch um so they have a comic created by the creators of the show uh, at free comic book day there's another archie comic that i picked up called archie's madhouse mayhem which is more of the classic archie that we're kind of familiar with there's a story with doctor who the 13th doctor so um i haven't caught up with the series just yet so i'm hoping that this will kind of help tie in certain things and i'll get around to watching the series eventually i promise um jody whitaker i've heard nothing but great things about her so i'm really excited and then i also picked up the same catwoman story you picked up which is called under the moon which is a catwoman tale by new york times best-selling author lauren miracle and illustrated by isaac goodhart so that's exciting cool yeah, I know one of the biggest things I like about uh, Free Comic Day is it kind of brings out like everyone, like young and old and like people who aren't really like who don't normally pick up comics who kind of come to pick up comics. Because I know for like a lot of people, like getting in into comics can be intimidating. Mm -hmm. But it's like you're not really sure like what's a good like in point. Yeah, cause... well, because I mean, for me, like I am not familiar with comics. So it's like, do I start with the very first issue yeah and like what is the very first issue because there's like so many different number ones are like when you see say like you know issue like you know 60 or like 200 or something it's like you know how do you get into that right mm -hmm. it can be very intimidating 
yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure we'll probably have a podcast discussion about it eventually of how you can get started into comic books. But um, I really like Free Comic Book Day as a person who doesn't read comic books as regularly as Jeff does. Um, again, yeah, it is a great way to get people into comic book stores, right? And see that there is still um, an audience there, right? It's pretty great. So, all right, now it's time to talk Game of Thrones. By this point, you should have already watched it, but unless you were until unless you were still in mourning from the events of Avengers Endgame, there will be major spoilers ahead. So if you haven't seen this episode, I suggest you hold off on watching this or listening to this podcast, bookmarking it, watching the episode, and then coming back and listening to it again. Right, Jeff? Absolutely. All right, so now here it is. We're going to talk about Game of Thrones, The Long Night. So it's been about a week since the episode aired, so here's just a quick summary of what happened. Um, Basically, it's the Battle of Winterfell, right? So it's the White Walkers against pretty much all the characters that we care about. (laughs) And just basically chaos going on. Mm Um, it was really cool, especially because, like, I know for this, like, this is supposed to be the uh, longest battle, like, ever committed to film, mm-hmm. like, conse- like, consecutive. Um, I think it's, like, longer than, um, the battle at, uh, Helm's Deep in, uh, the Two Towers. Yeah. Um. Which is, like, major pressure for Game of Thrones, too, because, like, I love, I love the Lord of the Rings series because it is just visually is beautiful. <laughs> yeah, and that battle was really well lit, also. Well, yeah, well, don't worry, we'll have it's, comments. It's, it's kind of distracting now when you look back on it, how, like, you know, where did they get all this lighting from? Well, don't worry, we will give props to a certain lighting department later on <laughs> in the episode. Um, yeah, I mean, just, okay, yeah, sorry, Jeff, finish your your summary of it. Oh, I mean, that's basically it, right? Oh. The White Walkers <laughs> against all the people we care about. Yeah. Battle, fighting for 80 minutes. Oh, and it was, like, so crazy too because like see like episode two had such great moments and had such like like amazing reunions between characters so you kind of thought like oh it's way too happy that means that means stuff is really gonna go down on uh this episode and it did like you know things things happened yeah Um, for the most part yes (laughs) it was not i don't know it was a good but not good weekend for nerds just yeah. with Avengers Endgame being yeah, out. Yeah, like, then... I mean, yeah, in one, in one sense, I mean, it was a crazy weekend, obviously, mm-hmm. having, like, these two big franchises kind of, you know, one wrapping up and one having kind of a, a big battle that we've been waiting for, like, since pretty much the show started. Yeah. Um, and we finally got, you know, payoff for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, it, there was, um, like Avengers, there was some good kind of fan servicey moments, but not fan servicey in a way that it felt cheap. Mm. Um, so, you know, I think that the, the the creators for Game of Thrones really kind of tied up a couple loose ends together as much as they could up until, you know, obviously the battle at King's Landing, which is going to be a, a later episode. Yeah. Um, yeah, this... Honestly, for me personally, as I said in the last podcast, I read spoilers, and because spoilers Terrible. don't air, don't like um, air or get published until after the episodes. Watching this live, this is actually, I think, one of my first live watching experiences I've had in a long time. <laughs> and you were really stressed out since the invention of the internet. It's always been like there's like spoilers everywhere, so I'm just like, oh, this is cool. But now you've been it's... living in your like protective bubble all this time, right? <laughs> no, and if anyone's wondering how I watched Game of Thrones before, um. I would always just kind of watch it like a couple like days before, like after. So I was already aware of all the spoilers. So I was fine with it, whatever. Because I already told you what happened, basically. Yeah. Right? Um, but this is the first time I was really kind of watching it live and just the tension and the anxiety that I was getting just watching this. It was like my heart was pounding. <laughs> yeah, it did a really good job with that. I was, there was, I think especially with like the lighting, it also really helped build the tension. Yeah. Because... So, you, uh, you know, what? big props to the lighting department of Melisandre, uh, <laughs> Jakaris and Rhaegal for really kind of lighting things up when we could not see shit at all. We would not have been <laughs> able to see this episode if it wasn't for them. <laughs> no, and I think that that's what's also the scary part too, is just like, because of how dark it was and how action-packed it was from beginning to end, you're kind of just like, who 
really survived. Yeah, it got really confusing because there's parts where it looked like certain characters were like definitely going to die. Mm-hmm. But then like later on, you see them and oh, no, they're OK. And um, right. Yeah. Um, one of my favorite moments from the episode was when so Melisandre showed up and we haven't really seen her since uh, she kind of disappeared out of no like for no reason well she had a reason but when she disappeared somewhere in season seven so we didn't see her for a while and she showed up and she prayed to the lord of light to light the swords on fire for like the dothraki army so the dothraki are all kind of hyped up they're like yeah cool we're ready to do this and you see them charging at literally like nothing because it's it's the episode is appropriately named the long night because it's set in like it's set at nighttime in like the dead of winter yeah which you can't see anything at all and it was really my favorite scene was them charging at like darkness and then just seeing the swords go out like one by one yeah that was so cool the like the tension like from people who were like in the front lines of that army yeah yeah and then also like (laughs) as the watcher you're just kind of like you know, you see the bright lights and then it's just like twinkles. Yeah, one by one just going out and then like, oh shit, this is serious. Yeah, and like we lost the Dothraki pretty much right away. Yeah, like I mean we like, you know, we went we spent like seasons like with like Danny like building up her army like with the Dothraki and stuff. Mm-hmm. And just like that, it's like yeah and then and then ghost um, okay why was ghost like leading the charge there because what is can but what would he even do against them though well you're gonna bite them it's not like i don't how that's not like that didn't seem like an effective place to put him listen whatever i just like (laughs) you you haven't seen ghosts or any of the direwolves really at all in the series and then you kind of see a glimpse of them and it's that little happy feeling of like (laughs) oh ghost is there and then he's charging and he's like dude what are you doing like no just just go back right yeah yeah um yeah so we thankfully ghost lived and survived it but then jorah was yeah, based also... on previews for next episode yes <laughs> but jorah was also on the front lines as well and you really thought that he was gonna die because he did his sword wasn't on fire yeah right so i'm just like he's charging at the nothingness and the darkness and he survives too um but you know jeff your thoughts and theories on who you thought was gonna make it out or not make it out this episode um i i know I guess before the episode aired, there were definitely a couple people who I like thought for sure were going to die. Mm. Um, I definitely thought uh, Grey Worm was going to die. Mm. Um, Beyond, huh? I, I know, I know. So but they had that like they had that like moment like right in the last episode where they were like kissing, and you know, whenever that kind of happens, you kind of think you know uh, something's not going to. Go I well know <laughs> it's like you know like I love the moments between him and um, Missande. You know, it's it's romantic, and they both kind of never thought that they would find a person uh, for them, right? Yeah. And then, um, yeah, in that beginning of or that closer to the end of episode two, Grey Worm is just like, dude, I'm gonna get you out of Mega Country, and yeah. we're gonna go live in a beach. It's gonna be nice. It's gonna be beautiful. It's gonna be you and me, girl. Yeah. And I'm like, oh no, <laughs> why would you say? Why would you say that out loud? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Just don't think it. Because the minute someone says a happy thing out loud, that's when like crap is about to go down. Yeah. yeah. And like along those same lines, I, I actually kind of thought uh, Arya was going to die originally. Really? Just be, I just I just say that just because of the whole thing with her, um, you know, banging Gendry <laughs> oh. <laughs> and like horror movie logic. Just like, you know, you have sex, you're going to die. Oh, so you know you didn't think that she was gonna be like the final girl then? No, <laughs> well, well, not anymore. She can't be now, you know. I know, but yeah, it's just everyone who got a happy ending. A, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I thought Brienne was gonna die. Which, yeah, I thought it had to be either like Brienne or Jamie, right? Which like hurts my heart to say it out loud because I love. Brienne. I think Brienne is one of the best characters on the show. And yeah, I thought it was going to be her or Tormund or Jamie. Like one of those three. Yeah, because they had that great moment in season two and it was definitely setting up like 
one of these people had to go. Yeah, and I mean, it, it does kind of make sense for Jamie because he does have that redemption arc. Um, but I definitely thought it was going to be one of those three. I also thought it was going to be, in terms of major, other major characters, yeah, d- one of the Starks. I didn't know which one, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but this episode, for for it kind of to be advertised as an episode that was going to have a lot of deaths, it did have a lot of deaths, but kind of underwhelming yeah i was a little underwhelmed of uh how many people actually died in it yeah i mean like to the creators of game of thrones like please don't take any offense to this um i mean we're happy at the same time that like our favorites are still alive but at the same time we're kind of just like whoa but i think that that also says how much of our characters that we love are probably gonna leave us in like episode five or yeah. something which yeah. is like even worse i'm just like <laughs> oh no like they made this like they made it out of here alive they are not gonna outlive the battle of king's landing for sure right right no exactly i think for me um it goes back to kind of my whole problem that i have in general with like the night king and like mm-hmm. the white walkers i think um because like in order to kind of make them this like huge threat that we like kind of were we were led to believe throughout like the whole entire show I feel like you really need to have, like, the impact of some, like, major characters, like, dying this episode. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, there there were some major characters. So, in memoriam to those, we are going to mention them. Um, not in any particular order, but rest in peace to Beric Dondarrion, Dolores Ed, Jorah Mormont, Melisandre, Lyanna Mormont, queen of my life, <laughs> the Night King, Viserion, Theon Greyjoy and Quono. You guys will definitely be missed for sure. Especially some of them will be. Especially like Theon Greyjoy. Yeah, he will be for sure. Like he when people think of redemption arcs, he should be the poster child of that term because in the beginning of the season, you really like he was just kind of slimy and smarmy and Yeah. You know, it's just like, oh my god, like shut up. You try too hard to want to be a Stark, right? Yeah. And it gets to the point where he kind of loses his way too. And we we end up with a character that we don't like. And then he meets his fate at the hands of Ramsey Bolton, who takes his manhood away, literally. And then we feel bad for him, right? Because exactly. it's that it's that case of him just being so abused and tortured to the point where he stops becoming Theon and becomes Reek. Yeah, and he's basically not even a human at that point. Yeah, and then he... Uh, redeems himself by saving Sansa from Ramsay and continuing to just redeem himself and be the person that the Starks always thought that he would, he could be. Right. So for me, honestly, like an amazing redemption arc, because all he wanted was he wanted a place to call home. Number one, he wanted really and truly to just kind of be, feel like a member of the Stark family. Right. Um, And with all of the, kind of crappy things that he had done in the entire series all he wanted was forgiveness and he got that with with Sansa and with Bran kind of acknowledging that so I think for him having those things is the last things that he heard before he died I think it was great yeah and like a plus acting from Alfie Allen for sure absolutely um well you know another kind of gripe that I had with this was Mm -mm. <laughs> just where were Danny and John? <laughs> right? They were just kind of watching the battle, right, with their dragons, and then they decided to go fly in for a bit. Well, the original plan was that they would be the ones to light the trenches, right? Yeah. That they were going to use the dragons to light up the trenches. Yeah. But I think Danny might have kind of screwed that plan a bit yeah she got a little emotional after seeing her you know dothraki army obliterated which i get (laughs) i mean it's understandable but um yeah she wasn't really thinking like a leader Mm -hmm. right and i don't know where like john went right and it it just like they kind of they literally like flew away from the like the where the battle was happening yeah right jeff your thoughts on that uh, I mean, for the whole, for like all the dragon, like fighting, flying sequences, I was really confused. <laughs> well, it, it was hard to tell like where they were going. And then like when they were actually like fighting the mm-hmm. Night King, 
and stuff. It was really hard to tell like which dragon was which sometimes, you know. I will say though, I mean, I did like the dragon, uh, the dragon fighting scene. I thought that one was really cool too. Um, and then when you think about it, you know, this um, Jakaris and Rhaegal, mm-hmm. they're fighting their brother. Yeah. Right. So that's kind of hard for them. It's like yeah, their undead brother. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but he does look cool. As yeah. Like an ice dragon. I know. Right? Um, and we did see a little bit of kind of like an homage from the uh, past season when she called on Jakaris to light um, that person on fire. I forgot from which season, but you know that one, right? Oh, were they? Uh, yeah, yeah. When, when she revealed that she knew how to speak in High Valerian. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> so she did that to the Night King. And she's like, she's smiling. You could actually see a shot of her smiling, be like, I got you now. Yeah. And then he just kind of comes out of the fire and it's just like, you can't kill me. Yeah, you can see he had like a little smirk too almost. (laughs) Which you're kind of wondering like, dude, what, like what can kill you then? Yeah. Right. Um, Which a lot of people had theorized that he might've been part Targaryen because you know that line where um, a fire can't kill a dragon and stuff. Right. Uh, do you believe in that theory? Uh, oh, man. There's there's so many different theories about the Night King. <laughs> like, people say that, like, oh, it's, it's actually Bran, Bran Stark. <laughs> mm, right. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Um. Well, let's talk about another character. This one is my favorite character. Lyanna Mormont. <laughs> like, the most, like badass like i don't know like 11 year old she was like even in the beginning she was yelling at them yeah, right like, at she the was yelling at these yeah. like weak ass men to go do shit for her and i'm like you know what girl <laughs> you do you um she was she has been great since her very first appearance and she's kind it's funny because i had found like i was looking at trivia and i had found that liana mormont was actually meant to be like a one episode appearance yeah but bella ramsey did so good with like her facial expressions and the acting yeah that they just kept her in and i think it sucks but you know what she she died how she lived right which is just bringing down weak ass men (laughs) but her charging at um, the giant white walker that was like a great shot right? oh yeah um and then yeah again she she's one of my favorites and it, it was sucky to kind of see her go but i really you know to be honest i didn't know what else her character could do post battle of winterfell yeah at this point there's some characters where you know <laughs> killing them kind of wraps up their story arc Mm-hmm. Um, I know. I know. One of the things that obviously watching this, watching uh, this episode, I was definitely expecting where we're gonna have the moment where, like, okay, sure, like the White Walkers, they're like killing all these different people and stuff, right? Mm-hmm. But what's gonna happen once they get like reanimated, yeah. right, and brought back? And that was the thing that we because, saw. Yeah, because you're like, you know, you're gonna see some of these people who we care about. They're gonna get killed, and then they're gonna get brought back again. Yeah. So the people and, who as far as I know, were reanimated that we saw on screen were Dolores Ed, who kind of who died pretty much right in the beginning of the start of the battle. Yeah, when he was helping out Sam. Um, and then Kono in the Dothraki army and Liana. Yeah. Yeah. And it was just like it was just really scary to just see him like with the Night King have it like raise his hands up. And then all of a sudden everyone's eyes were closed and then it just shut. Like it just shut like it, it just opened up yeah. and it was just bright blue. That was so crazy yeah no i loved it (laughs) and then i'm just like oh no this is not good like people are definitely gonna die for sure yeah 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 it was that same moment from that episode uh hard home and they had that big battle and then i remember when like john they just barely escaped Mm -hmm. and the night king's like staring him down and he like raises his arms and stuff and that you know that meme was that at the wall like when they were leaving from like the water and stuff where yeah yeah oh that one was scary yeah and all of the bodies start going up yeah Yeah. and of course all those stupid memes came out of that which (laughs) um those memes were not stupid they were great (laughs) i'm pretty sure the show is basically at this point it's just created to like set up memes like that's basically what the writers have in mind and there's nothing wrong with that (laughs) no I don't know. It's there's some moments where it's like, oh, I see, I see why you did that. Well, I mean, kind of a meme within itself was John ignoring Sam being attacked. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, it made sense. 
right? Because obviously, no, okay, well, for him, right, obviously he has to get to Bran, right, as quickly mm-hmm. as possible. So it's like, obviously, he's seen his friends and he's kind of, you know, weighing his like options here. It's like, you know, yeah, save but Bran like, and like super awkward since like Samuel Tarly made it out alive. Like, he's, oh, just, yeah, it's gonna be an awkward conversation after the fact, but it's, you know, it's gonna be an awkward breakfast for sure. It's gonna be like, oh, hey, man, do you want some pancakes? And it's like, no, F you, <laughs> you left me to die. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, they they did win ultimately, so I think they'll probably, you know, forgive <laughs> each other. So moving on from the main battle to actually down in the crypts, at this point in the episode, the White Walkers have officially infiltrated uh, Winterfell. They're now in Winterfell through the trench or even... Um, it almost like reminded me of that scene in World War Z where they were creating a human kind of like hill to yeah, get at the walls. Yeah, the way they kind of like move in this, they're like a just like a massive horde of bodies. Mm-hmm. They just sort of like throw themselves at obstacles to get over them. Yeah. Um it was yeah, I really like that. Yeah. So at this point, um, you know, the Night King has already appeared and he is rising people up from the dead. Right. So these are people that have already been killed by the White Walkers or etc. And Along with that, here's the thing. Whenever anyone says that somewhere is a safe place to be in Game of Thrones, nine times out of ten, it is not. Yeah, it's probably not. Because <laughs> everyone is saying, you know, oh, it's safer in the crypts. It's safer in the crypts. And in my head, as someone who's seen Game of Thrones, you're kind of just like, no. <laughs> you're saying that way too much to the point where it is not safe. Um, so he's, you know, he's raising his hands. He's doing his thing. And then down from the crypts where it's all kind of quiet, you just hear scratching and people are wondering where the sound is coming from. And then all of a sudden hands start shooting out of like the different grave areas. Yeah. Right. And you see um, different reanimated members of the Stark family just kind of coming at people and attacking people. I think from the major characters that were there, it was Varys, Tyrion, Sansa, Gilly, and little Sam. Right. And they're 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 kind of protecting like the women and children of Winterfell. Yeah. Um, the one thing that in terms of theory, the one thing I thought was going to happen was because it was the Crips. Would we have seen Lady Stoneheart? And I haven't read the books, so I'm only kind of familiar with her in terms of like different discussions that I've seen. But Lady Stoneheart is actually uh, Catelyn Stark. Yeah. So obviously Catelyn Stark was murdered at the Red Wedding by Walder Frey. And she is brought back to life by Beric Dondarrion. Actually, he takes one of his lives that he was given from the Lord of Light and then turns her into Lady Stoneheart. And she's a zombified version of Lady Catelyn. And, but she's like cruel. She, you don't have the soft motherly love that you get from Catelyn. Like she's just really like cruel and cold i thought that she was gonna at least kind of show up somehow right Mm. maybe not as lady stoneheart but like an and like a reanimated version of lady catelyn yeah yeah i don't know yeah for me like i mean i you you mentioned obviously you haven't read the books and i also have not read the books so i know for both of us it's they're kind of things that we've like you know we've heard about right and i know Mm -hmm. for me like at this point in the show like i didn't really want to see her um, because it just, it's one of those things where it kind of crosses the lines between like good fan service and just like really bad fan service. Well, and it's also, the, like, yeah, it's also the last season, right? Like, what would that even mean in terms of her storyline? Like, what would, what would people kind of get out of it other than just having Lady Stoneheart there? Yeah, it'd be right? meaningless. It wouldn't even. No, and there's like a thousand characters in the Game of Thrones books that aren't even on the show itself. But, and I, you know, I had always wondered that, too, because I know that when she had been murdered at the Red Wedding, it was never really answered if her body was sent back to Winterfell or not. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, now, still in the crypt, there's a really great moment between Sansa and Tyrion. Yeah. Right? Yeah, they had a couple good moments, yeah. Yeah, so the two of them have kind of, you know what, I'm not going to lie, like, I think that they would have a good marriage. Like in the series, yeah, they they seem like they would be kind of one of the more normal 
couples? Well, in terms of, you know, <laughs> I think just they're really equal to each other in terms of their wit. Yeah. And in terms of their smarts, right? Yeah. And they both want the same thing. And I think for them, especially just being down in the crypt, they both kind of felt a sense of guilt. Um and I guess a sense of disappointment in themselves that they, you know, weren't seen as strong enough to be able to handle the battle outside. Yeah, because Tyrion had that whole moment, like, earlier in the episode where he was like, you know, I should be out there, you know, maybe I'll, like, see something that, like, the others will miss. Mm-hmm. And it's right? not like it's not like scenes I hadn't thought about, about that either, you yeah. know. But um, there was a really good moment that at once the reanimated you know, dead bodies started coming back to life and attacking the women and children. They kind of looked at each other and it was, there was no line, there was no dialogue, but it was a a little bit of an unspoken thing of, you know, if we're going to die, we're going to try to die as heroes. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And for that moment, I sat and briefly thought that like, maybe Tyrion is going to die here. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Oh my God. And it was just, yeah, (sighs) man. Like even like Missandei, because Missandei is there too. Yeah. Right. But, yeah, no, I, I I did think that I'm like, oh my god, it's it's either Sansa or Tyrion or both. Yeah. That could possibly go. Right. Um, you know, this episode was really great too, in that I know we were talking about fan service, and even with Avengers Endgame, there was a lot of fan service. Uh this episode had fan service too, and it was good fan service. Yeah, it was earned. Um, so the homages to early seasons, like especially with season one, um, just before Sansa went down to the crypts, Arya gave her a dagger and Sansa had made a comment of, you know, her not knowing how to use it. And Arya used the same line that Jon used with her when she was, he was teaching her how to fight, which was stick him with a pointy end. Yeah. Which I thought was great because it's a great, it's, it's a kind of weird semi-sweet moment between the two sisters. Right. Um, there was another one with Melisandre and Arya. Right. Yeah. So, in season three, Melisandre and Arya, I think that was the first, one of the first times that they had ever met. And Melisandre had a prophecy about Arya, which was, I see a darkness in you. In that darkness, eyes staring back at me. Brown eyes, blue eyes, green eyes. Eyes you'll shut forever. We will meet again. And they did meet again in yeah. this episode. So Arya basically told her, you know, everything that you had prophesied about me was true. You know, I did shut brown eye. And a lot of people thought the brown eyes was a reference to her killing Walder Frey mm-hmm. as revenge for the wet, Red Wedding. And then when she said blue eyes, I mean, who has, like, the brightest blue eyes Yeah, in this in this series, right? Is the Night King. And it, it, was, it was really great for her to kind of... It was really cool to bring that prophecy back um, because there were a lot of... You know, it, it's been long enough that people were kind of like, oh, yeah, that was a prophecy. Yeah. Right? Um, And then just before Arya went out and did her thing, we got another homage with the coolest character ever in season one, Serial Pharrell. <laughs> oh, he's so cool. I loved him. And I miss him. <laughs> yeah. Um, Where he, when he was training Arya uh, with the sword, he would say, you know, what do we say to the god of death? Yeah. And say, not today. <laughs> So it was really great for Arya to kind of get back to her roots with that. And, you know, she she did. You know, she she took death head on. Yeah. Right? And it's funny because during the battle scene, you kind of see the hound um, pretty much giving up. Yeah. Well, the moment, like, he sees fire, he's like, you know. Nope. He's like, no, I'm done. Goodness. Yeah. Um, Screw you guys. <laughs> And he's like, no, I'm, I'm done. Like, we're fighting with death. And then Beric Dondarrion goes, you tell her that. And then he just, like, looks from, like, the other, uh, from across the way. Yeah. And Arya is just, like, fighting people. And then you just see the hound go in, like, full, like, dad mode. Yeah. And be like, no, no one is going to kill my baby today. Um, <laughs> I really like their relationship. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a faulty kind of relationship, but it is a great relationship. Yeah. Um, Arya also had another great kind of suspenseful moment in the library. Yeah, that was that was like very like The Last of Us kind of, you know, that video game. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I really that was really cool. <laughs> yeah, and it did allude to the last part, like the last act of um, of the episode where you see how sneaky Arya is. 
Yeah, because like, I feel like this is I feel like this is where it really helps when you like rewatch the episode. Because I feel like at first when like things are like just so crazy and it's kind of hard to figure out like you know what she's like actually doing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know. Yeah. So. In the last act, you know, we, at this point, you know, Theon has charged at the Night King um, because he is there protecting Bran. And Bran has just kind of dipped out. Bran has just like. Yeah, that was like a really, that was like, uh, it was an unintentional, like, funny moment. Bran's like, I have to go now. (laughs) It's like, yeah, dude, like, literally, like, we're about to get stormed here. And, like, here I am with my, like, arrows. And we're all trying to, like, (laughs) save you. Like, come on. Why can't you use your powers here, maybe, or, like, something? Well, here's the thing. It's, you know, if you had a school project and you had all of the Starks, like, you know, helping you with the project, the only person that would actually contribute the most to the project would be Arya. Yeah. Because then it's, like, John would be there and then he'd just take credit at the last minute. Ugh. Bran would just kind of, Bran's that like one stoner kid who just kind of goes in and out every now and then. <laughs> um, but yeah, so you you kind of see, like, you know, in the beginning and even in, in episode two that the plan the Night King had was to get Bran. Yeah. Right. So all of this really is to, to get Bran. And Bran has told him that like, he's going to wait by the tree and he's going to, um, He's going to lead the Night King and his army there. Yeah, they're going to use him as bait. So you think you think it's like, oh, God, like this is going to be the worst. Like you're going to lose Bran. Bran is going to die. And just before the Night King, even like doesn't even deliver the final blow, but even before he grabs his sword to kill Bran, Arya just kind of squirrel monkeys out of nowhere. Yeah. Right? And you're wondering, like, he had his entire army there. Like, the sneak level on her. Yeah, because they're literally surrounded, right? Yeah. Then, like, out of nowhere, like, I know right before she shows up, you kind of see that one, like, walker and, like, his hair moves the wind. And he kind of, like, moves his head slowly. Yeah, Um, because he's like, oh, something is up, right? But then, obviously, for him, it's too late. She's just too fast. (laughs) (laughs) Um. So, yeah, so you see her, and then he turns around and then catches her. And then I'm like, okay, so Bran and Arya are both going to die. Yeah. And then with the slight, like, trick of hand, she drops the dagger. It lands on her right hand. And then she stabs him. Yeah. And then he just, like, poof, he's gone. Yeah. And, and not only him. Yeah. Like, all of the whole army. army. Yeah. Which, uh, which, I mean, for me, I don't know. Like, it's always kind of, like, it's always felt weird where these situations where it's, like, there's this one guy who's, like, super powerful. And, like, but if you kill him, then, like, that kills their whole army mm-hmm. it's like why would you even like bring the night king like in until you know everyone is dead yeah like it seems like you would want to be like extra extra precautious with him mm-hmm. right it's like no one can touch me because <laughs> if someone touches me i'm dead and then you guys are all yeah dead. and everyone is dead right like you'd think i don't know it's i don't know for that sort of thing it's like it's weird to me I thought it was, like, a kick-ass moment. Oh, no, it definitely was. Right? Because it's, like, you know, honestly, I never, I thought it was going to be John to take down the Night King. Yeah, right? yeah. So that's that's definitely, that's one of those things where, like, for me, it was a cool moment. And, like, I do like Arya. And, like, I under, like I'm totally fine with her, like, delivering that mm-hmm. final, like, blow. But, like, for me, it was also all, like anticlimactic in the sense that like we haven't really had anything with her in the Night King before. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so like why? And so why like do for me, now? obviously, you know, they've been building this whole thing with the Night King and John, and like for him to like not you know deliver that final like you know blow, mm-hmm. it's like it's kind of I don't know. For me, it's a little like anticlimactic, right? Um, I mean, yeah, I get it. When you when you put it that way, it does. Yeah, you. I, I honestly thought, like, even from Hard Home, that it was going to be John. And yeah. even when um, John and the Night King were both off of their dragons, um, just before, like, the trenches at Winterfell, like, kind of in the middle of the episode, you thought that they were going to at least, like, square off at some point. But they didn't. Yeah, because that was when uh, John just started, like, racing towards him, right? And then the Night King no, was, like... All no, they, all they had was, like, the most awkward stare contest. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, you know, like there was, and then there was another, it, it ended, 
happily in a way, right? Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, people died. It, there was a really sad moment between Danny and Jorah. Yeah. You know, because, like, obviously, if you watch the entire series, you know that Jorah's basically been in love with Danny forever. Yeah. Um, and he betrayed his own family um, in his, his duty to the Baratheons. You know, because I think originally before he was meant to kind of come in as a spy, right, to kill her eventually, but then he ended up falling in love with her, mm. um, and he's stayed loyal with her throughout the end. You know, and it was just really sad to actually kind of lose him because you know he's he's always known like how much he's meant to Danny and stuff, and for Danny to kind of lose one of her most trusted confidants. Yeah. That's pretty hard, right? Yeah, definitely. But I think for him, it was also, it was like the best way for him to go out, right? Where he was like serving his queen, mm-hmm. which is definitely, you know, what he wanted. Yeah. No, yeah. I knew it, it was great too. Um, and then, yeah. So the episode didn't even end there. It ended with um, like one more character dying, with, which was Melisandre. Mm-hmm. Right. So she takes off the necklace that she's had uh, the entire series and it reveals that she's like a centuries old woman. Right. So she's kind of like Beric Dondarrion. She's kind of served her purpose as well. Yeah. Right. Because I mean, yeah, I mean, when you look at when you look at those characters, when you look at Jorah and Theon and Melisandre, you know, what is kind of left for their characters at this point? Right. Right. Exactly. Because I don't. I don't know. Like, I wouldn't see them being, like, key players in the Battle of King's Landing. No. Would you? Not as much. I mean, Theon, maybe, right? Yeah, like, I, I, yeah I, know. For, I know. For Theon, in order to, like, complete that kind of redemptive arc, he kind of needed that, you know, moment. Where him he... to kick ass with uh, with Euron? <laughs> yeah, 100%. And, um, you know, I, I actually thought that the Hound was going to die, too, at some point in this episode. But he didn't, which means that Clegane Bowl is 100% happening. <laughs> That's going to be nuts, though. 100%. <laughs> He's just, like, 100%. fighting his, like, giant, like, armored, like, Frankenstein monster. <laughs> like, how is that going to go? No, it's going to be great. 100%. Um, <laughs> so now, you know, with the end of this episode, like, what is this? What do you think this is going to mean for future episodes? What, what do you think this is going to mean for the Battle of King's Landing? Do you think, like, that's where that's where all the major deaths are going to happen? I mean, I would hope so at this point. Yeah. <laughs> there's not, there's only so many episodes left, right? I definitely see losing Grey Worm in that episode. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It's I love Grey Worm and I love uh, Masande. I feel like Grey Worm, he's, he has to go. Yeah. Right? Definitely. Um, I also, I think that this might be the one where we might lose a Stark. Another yeah. Stark, too. Yeah. Right? Um, which Stark at this point? Honestly, I have no idea. You know? Yeah, it's hard to say. I um, mean, probably, you'd think Sansa's probably safe. I don't you, know. I don't know. I feel like she is, I don't know. I feel like she is the most safe of all the Starks. Really? <laughs> for some reason. Um. Well, you know, so now, you know, with the Night King gone, like, Cersei's kind of the biggest threat for everybody. So... Who do you think is going to be the one to kill Cersei? Uh, I mean, it's definitely set up to be Jamie, right? Yeah, you think? I, I, I mean, I would, it would make sense, right? I think for, you know, brother and sister. I mean, maybe to, you know, both go out killing each other or something. I don't know. See, the thing is, is going back to Mel- um, Melisandre's prophecy. Yeah. You know, brown eyes, Walder Frey, blue eyes, Night King, green eyes, Cersei has green eyes, mm. right? Do we want Arya just to kill everybody? I don't know. Maybe. Are we okay? (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, another thing I want to talk about is the White Walkers. Yeah. Just as a whole, I guess. And throughout like the series, how they were kind of portrayed as this like major threat. Like even from obviously, you know, right from the beginning. Right? Yeah. Season one. Yeah. And like for most, like season seven was basically... The whole point of season seven was setting up so like everyone had to kind of work together in order to defeat this like major threat. Mm-hmm. Like the whole last episode was like convincing 
you know, Cersei and everyone at King's Landing that we need to work together to defeat them. Mm-hmm. And then we could worry about our own stuff later. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And but then after it was just concluding, like, well, I would assume concluding the White Walkers like this way. Mm-hmm. It's it's kind of it's disappointing to me in mm-hmm. a sense. Um, like for me, I know I didn't want the show to just be about them yeah like i didn't want you know for me i don't i didn't watch this show i didn't get into this show for like more zombies yeah you know we've already had like the walking dead and whatever and we've already had our kind of fair share of that stuff yeah yeah and so for me i really like the show because of the politicking Mm -hmm. and like the different houses kind of you know going at it and the trails and different things like that I didn't really, you know, get into it for all the big, like, zombie battles or anything like that. Yeah, no, it was just more of, like, just a nice bonus to have that. But, yeah, I, I totally get what you mean. It, for me, um, it's it's set in, like, a totally fantastic, fantastical timeline and, like, universe and stuff. But there is a lot of human element to it in, like, the politicking. Um, and just... You know what, like, the thing is, is you could see someone like Cersei Definitely, being a leader, yeah. right? Yeah. And she, the thing is, like, regardless whether you like her or not, like, she is kind of the one who has most of a back, most of a backbone to get shit done. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And for me, I mean, I'm fine with her being the major villain of the show mm-hmm. at this point. She's kind of earned it, though. Oh, definitely. Right? Yeah. She's, like. Yeah. Obviously, we've seen all these different sort of redemption arcs with all these different characters. Yeah. Like with Jamie and Theon. And for a little bit, you're like, are they going to try to do this with her? But at this point, they've kind of, there's no way. No, and I don't. (laughs) They've gone past the point of no return. No, and I think think with Cersei, I'm happy she doesn't have a redemption arc. I like that you you get her exactly for what you you do. you take her for what she is. Yeah. You know, and she's, she's very much like she has all her cards laid out on the table for the most part. Um, but she is good at politicking. Definitely. Right. And I like that in the early season or like in the first season, she wasn't really taken seriously by Robert at all as a wife and as a leader. Um, and the thing is, even, even her, um, even her father, right? You know, Tywin yeah. Lannister never really saw her as a leader himself, but you know, she worked the background, right? And she worked the background to get herself to um to be the queen, to be the queen of King's Landing, and I I like that. I I like that she is very much unapologetically garbage. Yeah, exactly. Right? And all of this was set up like throughout the seasons, right? Mm-hmm. Unlike you know for the Night King, yeah, and like him being a villain, it's we don't really get any kind of like sense of like what his overall like motivation is. Mm-hmm. Cause like, I mean, once say they, you know, take over King's landing and get the throne, then what do they do? Yeah. Really? Right. Yeah. I mean, like, like you know, with when Bran said in season in episode two, all the night King wants is, you know, eternal night. Yeah. Right? And it's like, okay, well, what do you do? What do you do at that point when everyone is a White Walker? Yeah, that's not exactly, that's not interesting. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, I guess for you, then, you know, you wouldn't see, like, the Night King as kind of, you kind of were a little bit disappointed about the Night King's progression, right? Yeah. And also kind of sort of worries me in a sense where, were they originally planning to kind of go into like his backstory more? Um, like was that like was that like the original like plan from George R. R. Martin, or like was it a thing where like the producers potentially had some like influence on this story mm-hmm. in a way to like you know leave it leave it out of like this show to keep it for like future? Yeah, because they do they do have um they do have one I think like Naomi Watts is in it. Yeah. Um they do have a prequel one where it is about the Night King or at least like the guy who eventually becomes the Night King. So I think they will probably explain it then, but yeah, I mean without knowing the full context of it, you're kind of like what motivation does he have other than to just be really evil? Yeah. You know. Um well, and I mean like in like in the even in the books, right? Mm-hmm. My understanding, like the Night King isn't even 
the character per se. Oh, really? Yeah. Like not not as much as other people then. Like just not like a literal like Night King. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Um like and the thing is is he was so uh he was so intimidating when we first saw him, right? And like in Hard Home, he was like you really thought like oh god, like he was going to be the be all and all. I mean, I I like that we got to see you know him like being a big threat but i mean at the end of the day we like jeff and i don't watch game of thrones for like the zombie version like zombie part of everything it's just more of the politicking and i like that you know we did have this battle which was a fan service and did give everyone what they wanted but at the same time you know the real battle is going to happen um back at king's landing so jeff they didn't mentioned this in this episode because obviously there was just too much time to be able to absorb it but in episode two john finally tells danny about his parentage so he finally tells danny what he found out from samuel which was that um rhaegar targaryen and lyanna stark were actually secretly married and they gave birth to um john and then lyanna died from childbirth yeah so now that Danny knows about his parentage, like, what do you think is, what do you think her next steps are now? I mean, that has to be an issue for her. Yeah, obviously. Because, <laughs> because, I mean, obviously, you know, she's been, like, touting this whole big thing about how, you know, she wants, you know, to throw him. But it's like, well, it looks like John has kind of a legitimate claim for it over yeah. her. And the thing is, John's always been a man of honor. Yeah. Um, he's always been the one to uh, do the right thing. Nothing that, like, Danny is. But uh, for her, it's like she feels like she's, she feels like she deserves the throne. Yeah. Right? Whereas John has always kind of lived an honorable way. Um, even if it means kind of betraying um, what he used to believe is the right thing. Uh, do you think that... I feel like they're going to, I feel like they're steering her to become the Mad Queen. I feel like she's going to follow the same footsteps as her her father, right? Yeah, yeah, it definitely seems that way. Do you think that John might then have to become the Queen Slayer and, like, kill her if that ever happens? Uh, that's, I think that's possible. Mm-hmm. Could be him, could be uh, Jamie. Do you think I don't think Jamie? I don't know. Like him and like Jamie and Danny don't ever have any. No, no. I just like I just like thinking of. I feel like Jamie at some point will become a queen slayer. If it's not, if it's yeah, Cersei or yeah. I mean, it could also be Tyrion too, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, for Tyrion, because yeah, because this goes back to the conversation um, that Tyrion and. Santa had in the crypts kind mm-hmm. of before everything went to shit in there mm-hmm. um, where, where he was mentioning about how you know they should have you know should have stayed married right right and um, there's kind of a thing where it's like it's kind of like laying some planting some seeds where it's like you know Tyrion like he definitely can see what like the threat that Daenerys represents right in terms of the way you know the way her action she's so kind of um, the way she is as a leader, yeah. Yeah. Um. Mm-hmm. So, well, I think for me, I'm thinking it goes back e- even further to the conversation that he had in season seven with Cersei, um, with him and Cersei. Yeah. So after uh, John refused to bend the knee to Cersei after the Battle of Winterfell, um, he had gone to speak oh. to Cersei, right? And then, obviously, we saw a bit of the dialogue there, but we didn't really see the part where he f- fully convinced her to bring the King's Landing army to Winterfell. Yeah, yeah. After the whole, after the big meet, when everyone met up at King's mm-hmm. Landing, and they brought the White Walker. Yeah. And that that didn't uh, convince her. <laughs> so, like, my theory is, well, not just my theory, but other theories I've seen is that he had made a deal. Like, a deal that obviously wasn't shown in the episode that... You know, he, the only way that he would bring, um, she would bring the army to Winterfell is if he made a promise to eventually kill Danny. Yeah. Right? I mean, I feel like after this episode, it's kind of been shot now because obviously, you know, Cersei didn't bring the army to King's Landing. Right. But that might still be 
a deal that Cersei and Tyrion had. Yeah. Right? Because the thing with Tyrion is, yeah, like, no one likes Cersei at all in any way. But for him, it's just he feels like he's always been obligated to have to win her favor. Yeah. Because it's his sister. Right? And he has always... Even then, back in season seven, he'd always said, like, you've always been the one to make me feel guilty. Like, I was the reason that our mom is dead. I'm the reason that, like, you know, our dad is dead. Which, I mean, it is, because obviously he shot him in the toilet. (laughs) Great way to go. (laughs) But I think Tyrion is just... for He's just trying to be, like, some sort of a brother to her. He's just trying to win some sort of affection with Cersei, no matter what. And I feel, feel like, you know, at the cost of that, it might be his loyalty to Danny. Yeah, I could definitely see a betrayal coming. Yeah. Uh, any other theories that you think is probably going to happen in the end of... Who do you think is going to take the throne? Oh, jeez. Um, who would even take the throne? John wouldn't want it. Like, I, I don't know. I feel like it'd be more of a thing where at the end... Like, that whole system is kind of broken. Mm-hmm. And it's more a, you know, different thing where everyone's just kind of... I mean, they could always do, like, a Mean Girls thing, right? Where, like, they break the throne and it's like, you get a throne, you get yeah, a throne. Yeah, you get one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I would like to see them do that, actually. <laughs> I mean, because the throne is essentially made out of, like, melted pieces of swords anyways, right? So mm-hmm. why not just, like, break, <laughs> just break the handles off a couple of them and be like... You know, Clegane's get a throne. The Targaryens get a throne. I think the surprise one might be Sansa. Mm -hmm. She's, she, like, out of the entire series, like, in in terms of characters, she's kind of the one who's always been in the background a little bit. Yeah. But the thing is, is she's she's outlived everyone who's wronged her. Yeah, and she's been through so much. Yeah. So... I don't know, like, I I want her to, take, like, rightfully take it, but I feel like because everyone's been hinting at the fact that she's outlived everyone because of how smart and how calculated she is, I'm worried that she's going to betray John in some way. Because, you know, he, you know she doesn't like Danny. Right. And it's not a thing of girls not liking girls. Like, no, <laughs> it's none of that stuff. It's She is rightfully... She is rightfully worried, yeah. you know, because I think she sees Danny in a different light than how everyone else kind of has seen her, you know? Yeah. Um, well, last thoughts with this episode? Um, so for this episode, I liked it a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's really good. It was almost like a, a mini movie. Yeah. Um, I would have, you know, I, I would definitely like to have seen it in the theaters. Yeah, if, you this know, one would have been a good one. If we didn't it. have like another movie like taking up all the, you know, all the screens. All the seats. <laughs> yeah, like, you know, in like a month they can like release this. Yeah, this one. Yeah. It'd be great. I mean, obviously the last uh, three episodes are all going to be around around, around 80 minutes. So they're all mini movies, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I like this one, too. Um, it's definitely a thing where you definitely need to watch it twice. Yeah, I, I picked up a lot the second time that I missed. Mm-hmm. And, um, I mean, yeah, everyone's going to complain about the lighting, like, whatever, but it adds to the suspense, and I think it was intentional that it was going to be dark. Yeah. And, I mean, it's in the dead of winter. It's yeah. the cold, like, the coldest night. Like, what are you, what do you expect, right? Yeah, exactly. It wouldn't have been as impactful if you did see it. And I no. think it helped that you didn't see it, because you, you really were kept on edge, like, who survived, yeah, definitely. Right? Um, I did want to see more major deaths. Yep. Um, but I did like how they tied up Theon's death um, and his whole story and Jorah um, and even saying goodbye to Melisandre. Yeah. You know, because I, I think you don't really see much use for them, like, after this. So, yeah. It would have been good to see Theon again, though, with Euron, and I think I've said that before, but... I mean, overall, good episode. Very suspenseful. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And definitely looking forward to the remaining three episodes. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Finding out how wrong I was on certain things. <laughs> well, and, and that's the thing, because I think um, the character, the actor who plays Samuel Tarly, he actually said that they filmed different um, 
endings. Oh, like the like end game. Yeah. So <laughs> so no one really knows exactly how it's gonna end. Yeah. So they won't know until they know until it airs. Right? No. Nah. <laughs> so yeah. Cool. Uh well that's it for our discussion about the long night. Uh we only have a few episodes left from the series finale. Which uh, I think we'll probably be talking about that after yeah. that happens. Yeah, yeah. probably. <laughs> um, so what are your thoughts on The Long Night? Did you agree with anything we said? Did you not? Let us know on social media at facebook.com slash thiscouldgetnerdy or twitter slash instagram at getnerdypod. And if you want to listen to last week's episode, you can find us anywhere you listen to podcasts. We'll be back soon with another episode. Signing off, this is Sorrel. And I'm Jeff. And you're listening to This Could Get Nerdy.